I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, not totally, but I'll be fine. And welcome back to River Heights Radio. I'm Carl Hauser. And I'm Hope Busby. And we're here to talk about your favorite arson-exploring, Swedish friend-making, taxi driver of a detective, Nancy Drew. And she is doing more than just mysteries this week. Two mysteries that have nothing to do with each other and a romance. The lesser mystery is a syndicate of people across many mail stations. Mm -hmm. You had enough people stealing money orders that one guy splinters off by stealing the money order before it gets to the post office like it's an entire economy of crime what it really is is a corrupt postal service i feel like in this mystery yeah they just were like let's get food and imagery out of the way <laughs> they knew they had to have it for sure first scene they've gone to a carnival lovely time they're sitting under a huge maple tree but nancy is hardly eating she's still thinking about this girl named honey and her mother who they brought on all the rides at the carnival honey is not doing so well financially even a dollar would make her holler i read the names of the rides and i was like what is this carl yeah and and you had to be like uh these are carnival rides." the whip and the airplane swings (laughs) yeah once again she's met someone who she wants to make her pet people in poverty nancy's favorite type of poor people bootstrap immigrants shaw points out mr swenson would have been considered less masculine because his family was impoverished but he had to pull the going away to work it's almost like a journey for masculinity i can't be here and be the man of the house i must leave for the war of minimum wage the swensons are the only ethnic minority family that is treated well by nancy drew mostly because they're so so similar to the norms that Nancy Drew represents. Being white definitely helps. Yeah. We're also told Honey is ridiculously beautiful. Hundreds of ringlets. I mean, surely Temple. Bess is right off the bat pretty, pleasantly plump, and reaching for her third sandwich. And it's emphasized that George is Bess's cousin. Who enjoyed her boy's name. They're between River Heights and Sandy Creek. How far of a drive do you think that is? I have no idea. Not so far that you can't go a few times a day, I suppose. I don't even know if it's closer or further than Stanford. You start to wonder how there can be so many things near here, especially with the ocean so close by. Mapleton, that's the other one. Mapleton, that's, that's where right. old Ned's from. Sticky Town of Mapleton. We know him from a few books ago. Uh, in book five, it was wondered what would Ned think. So <laughs> it was exciting to find out what he thinks in this book. All of Nancy's friends agreed that she possessed an intangible appealing quality, which people never forgot. She was pretty in a distinctive way, Carl. Yeah, a yeah. distinctive way. What they say she had like leadership capabilities or something? She expressed her opinions, <laughs> but did not force them on yes. anybody. Nancy's abilities of leadership were welcome and depended upon. And there was Nancy, the protagonist. <laughs> she's pretty popular at school, isn't she? Yeah. What is it about her? Well, she's the protagonist, I guess. <laughs> They're driving along after this picnic Mm. and they look at a house and Nancy says, I really like that house. Dun dun dun! Explode! Boom! I mean, they're looking at they're they're all talking about it. They're Literally, like, what yeah. A nice house. It explodes in front of them, which they of course drive towards to go make sure they save everybody. And there Nancy could be people in that exploded building. 
Nancy incessantly honks her horn. She wants to make sure that people are calling 911. She goes around back after they unsuccessfully try to open the front door and she sees a suspicious person. <laughs> and she's the only one to see the suspicious mm. person because she says to Bess and George, go call the fire department. I'm going to rescue people. <laughs> this guy, who is Mr. Swenson, as we find out later, mm-hmm. is very blonde, mm-hmm. ruddy complexioned, and square jawed. Tall and gaunt and poorly dressed. But she says, he doesn't look like a criminal. I don't know what a criminal looks like other than running away from the scene of a crime. That's what a criminal looks like is someone who just might have done a crime. In my mind, he looks like a blonde Dick Van Dyke. Just a big lanky goose of a man running away. And that's cute. Oh gosh! There's no saving the house. There's no getting in. So she didn't do anything. She finds a diary and sneaks it in her pocket. I was impressed with the detective skills that it took to say, I know the weather from recently, so I know how long this book has been here. Maybe he ran away, went around the side, dropped a book, and scooted away. Trying to find Bess and George. Can't find Bess and George. Everything's chaotic. Now there's uh, ash coming from the sky. Dodging embers. Falling around all the neighbors' cars in her car who have, like, come to see the spectacle, it's I like suppose. three more explosions or something. She fits in an interview with a neighbor who tells her we don't like him. She runs into a doghouse. She is grateful there's no dog in this doghouse. But there's no dog in the entire book. The owners are in the book. They're on vacation. Where's their dog, Hope? There was a dog in this book. It just wasn't the one you're talking about. The Swensons had yes. a cute puppers. He loved bones. He loved bones. Maybe the Swensons took his dog. <laughs> Maybe when he was sneaking away. Yeah, he was like, their dog's still here? Should I take this? I like to imagine it just like followed him. Mm. And he had no idea it was their dog. Yeah. But if, like, it had been found out, he would have looked really sus. You know when you go into, like, a convenience store and you want to get something but there's no one behind the counter and you might just leave cash? He wanted to do that, so he just left his diary. Nancy thinks, hmm, maybe I should move my vehicle away from the burning house. Well, it's a convertible. (laughs) Yeah. Bess and George left the keys in the car. Yes, who should find those keys? A strange man is driving. A rapscallion of a boy. in her car is he trying to steal my car says nancy ah but the man with the dark and slightly curly hair with whimsical and friendly eyes and a college fraternity pin weirdly enough is not a thief is none other than ned nickerson who she does not know no no this Um, is his son Ah! Yes, this is the son of the Ned she knew was overseas. But I read in the 1930s, <laughs> she did think he was quite the handsome man. She still didn't like that he was driving her car. You were telling me that in the 30s, they were much more clear about the fact. She was instantly into Ned Nickerson. And Ned Nickerson was also... Attracted to her. Attracted to her. They make that clear right away. And he was eager to learn her name an address getting someone's address in the 30s is like getting their digits still ned is a bit much she has had other boyfriends none of them do this he calls her five times in one day he comes to her house every day invites her on date after date the first time he calls he's like i don't want to come on too strong or anything yeah you're gonna think i'm rushing things but i have a clue Oof. the, the way to a woman's heart 
is yeah. through her clues. <laughs> He's like, I'll bring this ring over. Yeah. And she's like, Dad, 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 there's this boy coming over with a ring. And her dad is like, surely not a diamond. Yeah, to no end of teasing. Well, before she's already getting... been razzed significantly by Bess and George. Yeah, he doesn't steal the car. Nancy, Bess, and George get stuck in what I'm describing as the storm of the book. Because instead of it storming every time Nancy drives, what we have is traffic. They were caught in traffic like three times and we had to read about it. Well, by now it's becoming a real metropolis with all these other cities Yeah, around. You know how long it takes me to get down to the soda fountain whenever I find <laughs> coins behind the bleachers? I can only imagine. So she's stuck in traffic. She gets rear-ended. Her first inclination was to tell the driver what she thought of the incompetent way he had handled his car. But he seemed so contrite. He seemed so nervous. <laughs> and he's like, my doctor said I shouldn't drive. Because of my, my, my nerves. But he's no like, idea. I'll definitely pay you. And she's like, oh, we'll be able to find him. If he doesn't pay, he's going to pay if you know what I mean. And Nancy's the kind of person, she doesn't know if the exploding house is going to result in a mystery. And if not, maybe this will end up being the mystery of the mysterious fender bender. But Mr. Weston, that's his name, mm-hmm. does end up being the employer of Mr. Swenson. Dun, dun, dun. They go to the mechanic to get get her bumper put back on so nate proves himself to nancy several times first by not stealing her car not a crook second directing traffic a community-minded boy third by proving his physical prowess tearing metal from metal on her very car with one mighty twist deft twist right and finally by having those soulful blue eyes but they're not blue. Uh, we'll get to that. So he takes them to the mechanic. They have a gay get acquainted session. <laughs> yep. Nancy happens to overhear some people talking about Foxy Felix. The news has spread throughout the greater River Heights area. Foxy Felix Ray Bolt's house has boink down. I love it. Foxy <laughs> Felix seems like the kind of character whose house would definitely boink down. down. Yeah. The last villain, I don't even remember his name. Shorty Not wasn't even enough. short, but Foxy Felix, he's a fox. And it's nice to see another wealthy yet despised character. We haven't seen that since the Toppums. And this is another gentleman who got his money in a way that people just don't care for. He specifically stole people's inventions, gave them verbal contracts, and then refused to pay royalties. Just brags about it. I mean, everyone kind of knows. Yeah. Literally says to Mr. Swenson, oh yeah, I did it, but you can't prove it. Too bad Mr. Swenson wasn't wired. It would be done then. You get this real sense of this cigar chewing. In the 1930s, do you know how the Raybolt's house burned down? Please tell me. Uh, There was a gas leak and uh, Mr. Raybolt lit a cigar. See, I want to come back to that. You're so right about him being a cigar chewer, is it's my point. It's so funny because at the end, I specifically highlighted the point where Mrs. Raybolt says, we had the whole thing down to a perfect plan. And I'm like, your house exploded. That wasn't a plan. For Foxy Felix to take advantage of an accident makes a lot of sense. But he must have purchased his explosives at the same place that the Lilac Inn people did. Because I don't <laughs> know where we get these weird explosive triggers when the team turns on when the clock goes off but not too loud when did they invent the push button hope we've already kind of spoiled the ending i Um, think most of our listeners start by jumping to the end to make sure nancy survives as they're driving away ned said maybe i'll find myself on the road to river heights sometime it was as they were driving home that Bess said oh his beautiful blue eyes nancy said (laughs) but i thought they were now nancy Mm -hmm. you're not helen Mm -hmm. you don't notice the 
cufflinks and haircuts of every man you see. She's getting better at that, Right. Though. She's a detective, so it is funny mm. that they're even like, you noticed his eye color. Nancy knows the eye color of every person in the whole carnival if she's there. Bess is like, oh, I told you he was into you. I wish I had your technique. As if, if, as if, if Nancy had done anything. Ned calls her with information. So she's so excited, but it's about the case. Bess and George, she knew, would have interpreted her reaction rather differently. And I love that Mr. Drew immediately senses that this boy is more important to Nancy than the other boys have been. Right when Ned was going to come over, Nancy's talking about how busy she is in general. Well, I promised to be here for a phone call from the crippled children's home. Did you read that? Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, she has to stay home for an entire day and not work on the case. She's here. She's going to help them with the kitty show next month? First of all, I don't know, Hope, if you've been down to St. Crippled's Kids Hospital. Oh my god. But, but they renamed it a few years ago. Oh god. Now it's, you know, now general it's General Hospital. General <laughs> hospital. I mean, it, it's just it's so offhanded. Nancy, differently abled. Also to call it a kitty show. I don't know what that is. That's also strange. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know how you know when a girl really likes you? <laughs> Is she asks her maid to make cake and ice cream for when you visit. I remember, Hope, the first time I visited you, your maid had, had made just a whole, it was a three-tier cake. I was like, maybe? Maybe she's interested? Because you had sure You were pretty clueless. <laughs> I think the idea was that the cake and ice cream would keep them there longer. Yeah, that's fair. And that is actually really cute. Like, oh, you're coming over. Let me give you a second activity. Throughout her not boyfriends, Nancy usually just puts up with them. She'll go to a dance with a guy. She'll go skinny dipping with a guy. Skinny diving? She'll go skin diving with a guy. (laughs) She'll go to a movie with a guy. But with Ned, he says, do you want to do something? She says, maybe we just talk. Yeah, maybe we talk about the case. I think it's a real sign of being in her inner circle. She only does that with Bess and George. And Helen's sort of. Helen never really makes it into that inner circle. I mean, she's married now. You know how it is. It's we so weird. We don't even know what happened to Nancy her. Nancy looks up Helen on Facebook and mm-hmm. is just like, oh, your life has changed. Was I ever friends with you? Was that a bad dream? <laughs> but I, I do love, too, that he's like, oh, there's this Swedish guy they think did it. And she's like, oh, is it connected to the Swedish guy who I found the Swedish diary from? And he's like, according to your description, he could be Swedish. Ned's basically saying, I looked up the word ruddy and it sounds like he was white. Check it off. <laughs> what is the stereotype of a Swede running from a fire? Is he just dropping pots and pans and meatballs? Very blonde. <laughs> yeah. Tall and gaunt. Yep. Shabbily dressed. Tripped over some chocolate. Mrs. Swenson and the daughter are beautiful because mm-hmm. Swedish women are beautiful. But the men, as we all know, are gangly. This is my opinion. Swedish men are just too gorgeous. I think you're thinking of Swedish meatballs. That's what it is. I'm attracted to Swedish meatballs. Then they go back to the mechanic who is like performing miracles on her convertible. And they're like, it doesn't hurt to spur the mechanic a bit. Getting her car is a series of what this book really uses, which is errands Mm -hmm. that become casework. Let's go get my car. And while we're in a different town getting my car, solve a bit of a case. Which is again a long way of saying it was a Nancy Drew book. She goes on the advice of Hannah Gruen to apparently the only Swedish speaking person in town who happens to be Mr. Peterson, the baker. She gets there and Mr. Peterson is sick upstairs. So then they go back to the mechanic shop. To her chagrin, she had forgotten the checkbook. 
I forget about it. That's all right, the mechanic said. I'm very busy, anyhow. I'll make out the bill later and drop it off at your house. <laughs> Which he does promptly. Nancy comes back after the car to Mr. Peterson. And he's in the hospital. Yeah, a lot more of this mystery would have been solved if Nancy could have immediately translated the notebook. At each turn, there was some time constraint. Can we get to the factory before it closes? When's Mr. Peterson out of the hospital? It was so strange and false. You do expect it in a Nancy Drew novel to relate to the crime in the end. There are so many things in this book that you think, oh, here's something that'll come up later. No. It will not. In this way, what a true sequel to The Secret of the Old Clock. So now the girls decide to go visit Honey and Mrs. Swenson because they just can't get them out of their heads. At this point, the mystery hasn't really coalesced. So this is that point where it's just like, oh yeah, we've got a mystery, but also we want to go check on them. So they're like, we still haven't heard from Mr. Swenson. We're kind of starving here. Well, the mom's not even home at this point. The daughter tells them all this. The daughter's sitting in the front yard with a dog by herself, mud on her face and looking thinner than the last time that she saw her. Like a few days ago hi nancy here's the family secrets kids do that yeah unwittingly when nancy drew helped out the horner sisters yeah she messed up the entire chicken market because <laughs> now the horner sisters have the fanciest chickens in town i love their eggs they're it's just better Good because eggs. those those chickens are prettier i wouldn't buy any of those crap swenson eggs if you could pay me in order to support the general hospital <laughs> i purchased a calendar of a different chicken each month <laughs> yeah they, that was a really nice calendar <laughs> mrs swenson can no longer make any money off of her plain chicken eggs and her daughter's complaining about just eating eggs that's all they eat in another fun dig at best on impulse she opened the refrigerator and cupboards nancy would be snoopy but it would say on impulse she snooped Bess was apparently just looking for a snack nancy has a brilliant idea let's throw a feast for the swensons cleverly she's gonna get enough groceries for an entire week she drives to mrs swenson Bess. she's coming home dejected from the post office and nancy says would you like a ride if you don't mind i'm doing my errands first she's like my daughter's at home though and nancy's like oh that's okay Bess and george are there you don't mind if we go buy some food still doesn't tell her that the food is for her at the store is kind of like don't don't tell me you're not gonna let me buy you a feast convinces her that she's just gonna buy them a little meal slash feast as a party clearly piles the cart high honey had asked specifically for ice, ice cream. cream and she was nice about it she was shy if nancy drew could take her skills as a covert charity worker i think she's got the skills it's all about getting close they look left you look right bam charity so you're starting to, th to think that nancy is a better promoter than a detective <laughs> yeah they run into ned and she just says you want to come eat with us yeah just invites him to the to this woman's house but luckily ned and nancy keep up such a stream of good-natured banter that everybody's entertained and happy mrs swenson's a little sad about her possibly dead husband but they kind of cheer her up ned kindly leaves a five dollar bill hidden under a vase for her to find later miss swenson mentions her husband having an appointment with mr raybolt nancy and her friends gulped yes <laughs> It's like the image of every teenager at the table going, Whoa. Mrs. Swenson's maiden name is Doll, which is the same as Mr. Swenson's mother's maiden name. And it that's why he has the bad. ring with a D on it, which is the ring Ned gave to Nancy. Aha! Now we have a ring and a diary. Are Mr. and Mrs. Swenson cousins? Roll Doll had that name. Did he? <laughs> 
I think it was a pen name. It's like a, did you know that Stephen King's name is Stephen? Did you know Roald Dahl is related to Mr. Swenson? Nancy has an errand. She has to go to the guy who hit her car. While we're there, let's solve part of this mystery. They stop for lunch at the place that Mrs. Raybolt was eating. They keep waiting to order because they don't want to be suspicious. Poor waiter. Keeps bringing them chips. <laughs> like me at an Applebee's yeah. as a teenager. Yeah. Mm, is the bread free? I have 20s, but they're all counterfeit. Um, excuse me, can I get some lemons in my water? Would you like a drink? Just olives and cherries, please. Finally, something fancy pulls up. Mrs. Raybolt gets out. She faints and Nancy comes to her side. Just saw her burnt down house. Is all over the place, weeping. Gritting her teeth and ashing her face. Beating her chest. Moaning and yelling about how her, her husband is dead. But... He's dead! He's dead! Well, in the original, Mrs. Raybolt truly didn't know what had happened. Several mm. times they say, oh, Foxy Felix, he's not the type to tell his wife what he's up to. But then in the end, she's in on it in this one. It was at the lunch place as they're driving away that a police officer just stops him to say, hey, we've had word of a dangerous criminal in the area. And they say, what do you do? Uh, it's hard to say, but I think like arson and murder so they're driving along on this empty road this country yeah. road and there's a guy on the side of the road instinctively nancy pressed down hard on the gas pedal i bet that was instinct nancy as soon as they're past him nancy's like oh to my relief he's, he's just a hitchhiker she's just chuckling to herself about how weirded out he must have been by them it's like one of the hardy boys on the side of the road trying <laughs> his hardest to get into a nancy drew book they're lost so they should stop at a shack for directions now let me tell you carl uh-huh. A shack is not a friend to Nancy Drew. The girls approached the shack with a boldness they did not feel. <laughs> that's that's good writing. Yeah. That's just good writing. They hear people in there, but nobody came to the door. Nancy just keeps knocking louder and louder. Yeah. Never the one to be discouraged by nobody answering their door. Finally, she just opens the door. Oh, that's the way in. Which she's really surprised it opens so suddenly and very relieved there's no one in there. Right. It's just full of cobwebs and dust. So they finally get to Mr. Weston. He pays up right away way does not use insurance just gives them a check i guess if you're the kind of guy whose doctor orders him not to drive and yet he still does you're not going to want insurance to know about what you've been up to well and the girls are like uh maybe you should get a chauffeur and he's like oh yeah i didn't think of that that's a great idea and jots it down in his notebook much to the amusement of the girls teehee somebody who rear-ended us is going to continue to drive around isn't that a good joke carl (laughs) while you're here mr weston can you tell us if it's john swen works for you and he's just like yeah sure i'll tell you he doesn't work for me nope (laughs) when they're leaving they see joe swenson follow him for a while they get cut off by a parade Mm -hmm. and he melts into the crowd nancy deduces he might go under a different name he might go under his mom's maiden name like the ring he even says oh yeah i was just having bad luck with my regular name some of his masculinity taken away because uh. now he's going by his mother's name or his wife's name so when she gets home nancy finds out ned has called her five times of a sudden his fraternity is having a dance and she's invited 45 minutes to shower and get dressed with her golden shoes mm. earlier she had black and golden slippers pretty good party though ned begs to be told about the case and she's like maybe you shouldn't beg too hard ned basically like you're gonna be called on more and more buddy and he's like oh man i wish i am at your service first time you realize this relationship is gonna work she makes a big hit with his friends she finds them intelligent and full of fun she meets phil roberts his father
Tyler works for the Postal Service. That must be a fun job because apparently Phil is sitting in the middle of this party loudly recounting hilarious tales of the Postal Service. And everyone's listening like with interest. And when they received the letter, you'll never guess. It was on blue header lead. No idea what that is, but I want some now. Like envelopes don't even have that. Listen, you can't improvise a postal story. They're that good. She deduces from him that there's been massive postal fraud. Yeah, I wonder, why would a letter not get to someone? Keep this under your hat, but it's <laughs> happening everywhere. The police are looking into it. The next day, she's like, hmm, I should go ask Joe Swenson if this has anything to do with him. Because, like, he probably wasn't just abandoning his wife and daughter. He probably tried to mail them money. Finds him on the playground, eating lunch alone. And looking kind of sad, and she sneaks up on him. This person's never harmed anyone in his life. This was all a mistake. I know now that he, yeah. he isn't an arson. Look at those kind Swedish eyes. Yes. I've been sending $25 a week. Here, stranger, take this money to my daughter. That was so, so funny to me. He's naive. That's why he got taken in by Ray Bolt. Probably why the Postal Service took advantage of him, too, honestly. Don't trust the Postal Service. If you want to send something, get a girl sleuth to take it. Nancy takes his money and uses it as bait. Bess and George are like, hey, Nancy, maybe don't use this guy's money as bait. And she's like, oh, I'll just refund it. My dad can afford a motorboat on a a whim. He can afford (laughs) 25 bucks and pro bono casework if this guy needs it. Yeah, she goes to the postmaster and says, hey, I think I've got a good plan. What if we just mailed this? but watched it. You think really clearly. Let's try that. Yeah. They caught him. They caught the guy and he turns in the other guys and he's like, it's everywhere. And they're like, yeah, we know we're on it. Of all the criminals, he was almost the scariest. He looked up at Nancy, hate blazing in his eyes. All the people she's ever caught, this is somehow the one that seemed angriest. Yes. But as they walk out of the post office, they hear people talking behind them. His name's Joe. He works at the factory. He's Swedish. He might have done arson. We think he's using a fake name. Do these men mean Joe Swenson? Yeah, Nancy, I think they did. <laughs> she doesn't have much time to save Mr. Swenson. From the police. From the, and she picks him up from his job. And mm-hmm. he's very grateful because he's not used to being on his feet for eight hours yet. Joe Swenson mentions what it was he had invented that was stolen mm-hmm. by Foxy Felix. Yes. And I love that they had to say, what's something cool sounding that doesn't have to actually have an inventor that you could look up? It has to be something subtle enough. Right? Yeah, like that I'm not going to look it up and yeah. be like, wait a minute. Yeah. That, that was an idea. Irish guy. And it's like my electrochemical process for putting a ceramic finish on steel. Of all the like and he says to Nancy, crimes, big or little, are so useless. And whatever profits they may bring, they are always temporary. And now He's Nancy clearly innocent. seals the deal. He is an innocent guy, even though all of this evidence is against him. And the evidence amounts to he ran away from the scene of the crime. Because yeah. they don't have the diary or the ring even. They have no evidence that he no. was there. Mrs. Raybould at some point does know Joe Swenson was at the house at the time of the explosion. Yeah, she you- does know. Mm -hmm. that he's meant to take the fall for the explosion yeah so it's easy enough for her to just say hey cops my dad my dad (laughs) my 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 dad husband my dead husband was gonna meet this guy but moreover i'm rich and he's a bit of an immigrant can you arrest him yes and they're on board 
in this version the information gets out fast because no sooner had someone seen the license plate and somehow known that the cops were looking for the guy who got into that car but also got the word out to all the local cops to look for that license plate an uneasy thought crossed Nancy's mind if those troopers are after Joe Swinson then George Best and I might be arrested for aiding them blah 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 George was forced to slow down for sharp curve directly beyond it two men were driving a small herd of cattle across the highway what luck George cried slowing down she honked the horn and tried to edge through but only succeeded in frightening the cows so that they stood motionless the convertible came to a halt behind it the police car drew near i love that she was like maybe i should have mr swenson duck and then she's like oh that might make me look more guilty the girls are allowed to go in their car but are expected to go to the jail for questioning Mm -hmm. the girls are all downhearted because they're gonna bring shame upon their families this is the one novel that nancy drew cannot get away just by dropping her father's name they treat her a little better after she mentions it a little less peremptorily i assume peremptorily is the worst way to be interrogated if you're Nancy Drew. (laughs) Peremptory is to take entirely or destroy. They make a point of saying that if they thought this was going to get them out of trouble, they were wrong. No, they're going to still ask them questions. Yes! I love that they interview them all together. During the interview, Nancy says to herself, she longed to warn him, meaning Joe Swenson, to remain silent until he could consult a lawyer. (laughs) Which he doesn't. He just tells his whole true story. Which, first of all, yeah, Nancy does not speak up to say, brah, don't talk without a lawyer. But I love that she acknowledges that, like, she several times, it was good that he was honest, but, but he's sounding really guilty. And then just when she thinks that he sounded innocent enough and, and they were clear thinking enough, about letting him go, in walks Mrs. Raybolt. Dun-dun-dun! Throws on the fittiest fit. Oh, here's the man who killed my husband. And they said, you recognize him? And she's like, uh, yes. My husband was particularly afraid of him. Look at his big Swedish muscles. <laughs> they decide they have to let Nancy and the girls go. But, but Mr. Swenson's staying. Swenson. And Nancy, on the way out, finds it in her heart to comfort dear Mrs. Raybolt, who has, after all, gone through a lot. Nancy steps down off the cloud she was floating by on and places one golden shining hand on the shoulder of the widow Raybolt and says, I'm sure your husband is still alive somewhere. And Mrs. Raybolt up and slaps her hard. Slaps Nancy's face, then begins to shake the girl by her shoulders. I love that, like, visual of not just being slapped, which is jarring enough, but then just, like, being shaken as she calls the police over, maybe just thinking that if she can keep Nancy disoriented, she won't leave. See, she tells the police that they should jail her, and they're like, uh, yeah, if you don't shut up, we're gonna have to send you to the hospital, to the psychiatry unit. Mm-hmm. So, you might want to rethink that, Mrs. Raybolt. They also listen to Nancy further and are like, yeah, you're a really clear thinker. Maybe you're right about all this, but we gotta keep him arrested. Sorry. Yeah. So now it's really just a question of finding Mr. Raybolt. I love, and this is a stupid aside that they didn't even need to have in the book, they go have dinner with Mr. and Mrs. Weston just to make sure Mr. Swenson will still have employment once he gets out of jail. That's right. Should he ever get out of jail? Because that was like a a point. Mm -hmm. If I go to jail, I will lose my job and my family will starve. Yeah, but if you don't go to jail, what do we do? 
will cry. So they go there. Mr. Weston's like, of course, we're not going to fire him. In fact, we're going to give him a raise. We're going to give him a promotion. He's a really great guy. In fact, promotions for everyone. <laughs> so they are treated to a four-course dinner served by a butler. They've got a butler, those Westons. Yeah, they should get a chauffeur. Mr. and Mrs. Weston were charmingly informal. These aren't the kind of rich people you hate. Yeah, I mean, they have a four-course dinner and a butler and manage to seem like uh, everyday Joes. This is a Bill and Melinda Gates. They seem know? like Joe Swenson's, even though they're Weston's. Then they find a tip that somebody went into hiding. They even bought bread in tins. They bought enough food for a whole month. At this point, I just see Carolyn Keene just like pulling her hair out, being like, I don't know. They find him. What do you want? I- this is the second time this book actually reminds me of Escape to Witch Mountain. The bad guy in Escape to Witch Mountain is called Aristotle Bolt. Mm-hmm. So first of all, Mr. Ray Bolt already has me thinking of Mr. Bolt. Sure. And then there's the guy in there. He's a good guy, but he just like buys a bunch of canned goods and in his RV to go camping. Sorry, which do you think is stealing from which? Maybe these are archetypes. Within each of us, there is a Mr. Bolt. The comedian, the dramatist, the tragedist, the Mr. Bolt. <laughs> And the hermit who is going camping with too many canned goods. And so. when, when they all come together, we're a true Nancy Drew. They're like, we have to track down Mr. Raybold. Try to go to the place that he has supposedly escaped to with all these camping cans. And yes. it is now a housing development. So mm-hmm. he left the day before yep. after waving his rifle around at them. They tease her about making her date work, Ned work, which is, yeah, of course she's going to do that. He's just free labor to her. Yeah, I love that Bess is, of course, wearing her girly shoes and is like oh we should have worn hiking boots as they're walking through this field nancy's like we'll leave the night clear we're gonna catch him sure even though Beth says we must give up on trying to find him before he uses that shotgun on us right the shotgun never gets mentioned again no also best is like uh i can't tonight i was counting on giving myself a shampoo like if you ever need an excuse to get out of anything just be like uh tonight Mm, giving myself a shampoo (laughs) when she goes to get this translation done this is the shuttle service comment best giggled with side trips to stanford and sandy creek (laughs) oh so many places the full circle she calls first this time he's out of the hospital he's happy to see her ah ha ha you used to always hate hate it when mrs gruen used to put ribbons in your hair he's very excited to translate this diary i guess he's a diary enthusiast yeah it just so happens that that's his area of academia (laughs) he goes we learn so much from the diaries of history and then we get a full three pages george washington had a diary and that's how we know that he gave lafayette a horse queen anne victoria somebody had a diary wasn't as bad as she seemed because she liked to dance and you can just imagine nancy standing there gritting her teeth like mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah what? so this di- oh, okay so she he uh-huh. ends with the best part though yeah. he's like but if you've read christopher columbus's diaries you would know he made some pretty big mistakes she's like oh really yeah one time he saw cuba and he thought it was japan she's, that is a diary soaked in the blood of the native peoples of the americas she says i guess the old mar- mariners christopher columbus is an old mariner made some amazing mistakes just about everything he says 
makes him not likable. And this is in his own diary. You make cookies and yeah. you use salt instead of sugar. That's a mistake. Marry someone after a crazy night in Vegas. That's a huge mistake. Amazing mistake is just being like, Cuba? Japan? Um, uh, North America? Uh, this is India, right? From the, from the mast. Amazing mistake, sir! Yeah, yeah. But it becomes much worse when you read the parts of the diary, which is all of it, mm. where he's dripping with disdain for anybody he meets. Especially, Listen. and mostly, not white people. Okay. If, I, if someone says to you, I made an amazing mistake, watch out, because they might have genocided a peoples. We here at River Heights Radio can say firmly genocide is worse than geographical errors. And both are present in Christopher Columbus's diaries. Both, both present in spades in Christopher's life. Yes, and remember not to celebrate Christopher Columbus Day. Indigenous Peoples Day. Yes, so that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> They reminisce about little girl Nancy Drew getting lingonberry cookies. He enjoys reading all these scientific formulas to her. Apparently the day-to-day -day life of Joe Swenson is riveting because he loves it. He eats it up, but she finds out from this that there's a secret hiding place. At the burned down mansion. Deduces it that it must be in the cellar if it still matters. Where do you think that hiding space is? And she's like, there's only one place for a hiding place the behind the stones of a cellar wall. The stone staircase running from the attic to the, <laughs> to the basement. This is the plan. There's no moon that night. This is great for them. That'll mm. protect them. They're going to go watch Raybolt come over there. Since this is the first night, there's going to be no detectives there. Yeah. And that's how they know he's going to be there. It's the mm. first night when it's not guarded. So they're going to pounce out and take care of Mr. Raybolt. Now, when Nancy tells Bess and George they're going to do this, she sets it up for a few hours from now. And the book takes another fun dig at Bess, who says, fine, that'll give me time to eat and get dressed. Leave this poor girl alone. Meanwhile, Nancy Drew talks to Mr. Drew, who is about to go off to busy work and says, I can see you for about five minutes. They have a very rushed conversation in which Nancy tells him her very solid plan. He's like, it sounds risky. How about taking a man with you? Listen, she doesn't say this to her father, but later when Bess professes a little bit of nervousness, Nancy says, and I quote, Quote, three strong, capable girls like ourselves shouldn't need any help. She calls Ned. He's not there. Hannah echoes this sentiment. You need a man. Goes to his house. He's not there. So she's like, we're fine. Bess, in this Star Wars-esque, I have a bad feeling about this yep. moment, is the only one that's like, we have past trauma from being tied up multiple times. Maybe we shouldn't do this. I'd be a match for Foxy Felix myself, George boasted. Look at my arm muscles. <laughs> yes. So what really happens is they go, they dig around in the cellar, find nothing. Nope. Can't not decide it's getting dark enough that Raybolt might come. So they go find a hiding place. Mosquitoes eat them up. And then Bess and George fall asleep. They were working till dark, and then they heard someone coming, so they hid. But no one shows up, so they fall asleep. They fell. 
fell asleep on the job. And Nancy, of course, has an alert mind, so she doesn't fall asleep. Her friends wake up to her yelling because what has happened is she sees him coming, doesn't want to wake Bess and George lest they make noise as they wake up. Yeah, <laughs> if you've ever had a sleepover with Bess and George, yeah. you know they wake up with night terrors. We're going to have the best sleepover. We're going to paint our nails and eat popcorn and watch movies with cute boys. Mm-hmm. And then they fall asleep right, right after dinner. The second we let the mosquitoes out. <laughs> yes. So Nancy follows Mr. Rabel, thinks it might be Ned showing up finally because she left a note with his mom. She's yeah. like, I have no way of knowing if it's Ned, Mr. Rabel, a police officer, the Swedish guy who translated my book. I'll go real close to look. So when he turns on the flashlight, it's not Ned. It's Mm-mm. Mr. Rabel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chewing on a cigar. And what does he do? <laughs> he opens a wall safe that he knows where it's at. And it's not even close to where they were looking. Not even close. And he takes out a stack of papers and he lights a match and starts to burn them and she jumps out of nowhere get out of the way yeah takes a shovel and 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 puts the fire out on the important papers grabs his arm and is like what are you doing here for an instant he looked at nancy in blank amazement a snooper eh if it weren't for you snooping kids hit him with a shovel no then he runs away and that's when she calls for help because she's hoping bess and george will stop him bess and george are startled from their sleep by screams are just confused (laughs) and looking for nancy thinking she's right next to them she's not they're just befuddled luckily mr drew and ned both show up and save the day catch mr ned came to our house looking for you and i was at our house so we came looking for you when nancy says to ned how in the world did you and dad get here at the psychological moment (laughs) i didn't catch that that's great what does that mean oh my gosh that like weird trippy sci-fi like sound yeah i know how to do that though This has been the psychological moment. Oh, there's no proof. Nancy's like, oh yeah, I can't believe I forgot this pile of papers that almost burned. She left there. So they go back for them. As Mr. Drew reads them, he frowns angrily. Mr. and Mrs. Foxy Felix pretty much give themselves away by arguing in jail. Mrs. Rebolt is so upset that her husband tells them he has sometimes been bad. (laughs) Felix, Felix, his wife screamed, don't give in. Even though he is admitted nothing he's like oh just my house was on fire i don't know why and then i ran he doesn't want to go to jail so he's like i'll pay restitution if it means not going to prison and she goes don't do it don't do it we'll be ruined i'll be ruined if i don't because i'll have to go to jail and like they argue right in the way of like saying exactly what happened we had this whole thing so well planned no loophole so there's a happy ending because mr swenson is promoted to a responsible position with a large raise the ending note that i missed because my last page apparently was missing (laughs) jennifer shaw says they summed up ned's role to provide masculine aid when needed Mm -hmm. entertainment between mysteries but never a distraction from a case can i read it yes please say said ned i have a notion to start a diary of my own why don't you nancy asked lightly (laughs) she became conscious that ned's eyes were looking straight at her i will if i can fill most of the pages with entries of dates with you smooth moves nancy evaded the question (laughs) i enjoyed your help in solving the swenson mystery maybe we'll soon find another one we can work on together 
That's like the ending music. Ned Nickerson will be back in <laughs> Nancy's Mysterious Letter. Where she is about to help someone with a name like her own. It's so weird that they told us that. Like, they didn't want us to wrongly think. It Don't was... play hard to get. You know you're revved up for the next book now. <laughs> there are two Nancys in the world? Yes. We've already had a look-alike. Twins. Now we'll have a name-alike. I assume Nancy Andrew or oh my god nancy do you think Daru? whatever's in the letter signed by a nancy will get blamed on our nancy oh i can't wait to find out uh, well i mean until then i'm carl and i'm hope and we're saying go, go wildcats, wildcats. <laughs> we might need to have a special episode about this video game sometime i have a we have a there's a host of video games we can um oh i don't know put them on our patreon remember to support us at our patreon (laughs) you can email us at riverheightsradio at google.com or find our patreon river heights radio we'd really appreciate it instagram at river heights radio twitter at river heights fm river heights radio on Facebook and River Heights Radio on YouTube uh, and give us a review or five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you're listening. Yeah, if you listen this far, I mean, why not? We actually put a a lot of hours into these episodes, but we're having a lot of fun. That's a blast. So thank you you for listening. An extra special big thanks to Robert Busby for composing and recording this podcast's musical intro, and to the wonderful Hope Busby for editing this entire thing. You guys make it happen. (laughs) 